problems. There's a lot of buildings that need to become churches again. Like they got the steeple, they got the pews, they got the baptistry, but they're just, they're not a functioning church. This is the Church Growth Nation Podcast. So you're at a, a spot, naturally, you know, we, this is basically a church plant. I mean, yes, technically I have some people that come and sleep on Sundays, but technically this is a, this is a church plant. And so what did you do? Did you, did you rebrand? Did you go through something like ARC or CMN? Did you just do it on your own? What was your process? I, I, I did not know about ARC until after we had replanted it. it. That would have been wildly helpful. ARC has been a great connection and resource for, for us relationally and for our church. And, but I, I, I want to tell you, I came from a closed off background. It really was closed off. And so we didn't have a lot of the relationships we had today. So uh, I, I knew that we needed to, re, to relaunch a church. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was sitting at a conference listening to a guy who pastors a very large church he inherited it and he talked about you know his, the church was large it was going so he just kind of did he just kind of steered the, the ship slightly in a different direction and i remember sitting there thinking you know i, I inherited a ship that sunk <laughs> it's at the bottom of the sea i, I gotta blow this thing up and you know that's when i talk through relaunch and transition that's always if you know if the if the church is growing and it just needs to change direction do that gently if the church is stalled out then you gotta you gotta overhaul all of the systems and inner workings if the if the church has died then you gotta blow it up and you gotta start all over again so we we decided uh that we needed to do a, a true replant which was to close the old church down and start out of out of the building and i really did, I, I had a name I had Coast Life, uh, and I had a vision. I knew what I wanted the church to look like and what I wanted it to be like, but I had no idea uh, what to do beyond that. And so I had, had a friend that had some experience and, and called him and, and had him come in. And uh, there's a really a miracle story that happened there. But one of the things we landed on was was Nehemiah. And, uh, you know, Nehemiah was the first one to do a relaunch. You know, he relaunched the city of Jerusalem. And so we just we just ran Nehemiah's playbook uh, on how to do a, a relaunch. And, uh, you know, Nehemiah led with a negative vision first. He didn't lead with a positive vision. He went around and surveyed what was wrong with Jerusalem because people had become so accustomed to living and the dysfunction that uh, it no longer bothered them. And so he went around and surveyed the the broken down walls and then confronted the people with what he saw. And that was, you know, there was only a handful of people, but that was what we did. Like I, I went and just started gathering all of the negative stuff that I could gather. Like no one had been baptized. And I, if I remember right, it was like three years. No one had been saved. Um, the church had turned off the water heater because it couldn't afford to run the water heater. And so that was something I latched onto. Like, this is God's house. You know, God who owns cattle on a thousand hills, he can't afford to run the water heater at his house. Something's wrong. You know, like something's desperately wrong here. And, you know, Nehemiah's words in Nehemiah, I think it's chapter two, uh, said, let's end this disgrace. 
like we, we need to put a stop to this like this is not the way it should be a church should be reaching people people should be getting baptized people should be getting saved there should be provision in god's house it's his house there should be provision and so we just we led with a negative vision first uh as we were preparing to take the journey to shut the church down and and have a relaunch as coast Life church what was some of the feelings that you had when you were embracing the fact that you're a church planter and you had not inherited a church? Was that uh, exciting and a positive, like a light at the end of the tunnel? Or was that, this is not what I signed up for? You know, I, 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 I knew what I was stepping into. You know, I, I had some benefits that church planters don't have is I did have a building. And, you know, to the church's credit, even though there was 12 people, in their heyday, there had been 40 or 50 people, so they, they had paid off the building and been faithful. And so, you know, when I when I talk to our, our story to people, I always like to honor those that faithfully served without being recognized. You know, they were just a, a small church who was faithful and had paid off their their building and so they they couldn't afford to just operate like paying church insurance the the electric bill you know all that stuff they they there wasn't enough income to really keep up with all of that stuff but i i, I did get a building and so it was it was dated you know it was not not an ideal situation but i did have something to work with and so it, like what i realized was that I inherited a, a church that that legalism had choked the life out of it. Tradition and legalism had choked the life out of it, and and my decision was that I was going to give Jesus his church back. And I, I just remember having a, a prayer moment. You know, like this, there was a couple of miracles, and one one of these was a moment where we just prevailed in prayer. And I I remember praying. In the in the old auditorium, we've we've built a new building since then. But uh, it was it was an old traditional church, wooden benches, the the American flag on one side, the Christian flag on the other side, the cross with the crown of thorns and the purple garment draped over the cross. And I I just remember walking around that auditorium and I, I told God this. I said, this this church has died, uh, but you you took Adam. And he was just a lump of, uh, of clay, mud, dirt, however you want to describe it. And you breathed into his nostrils. He became both a living being and a life-giving being. And this church has died, and I need you to breathe the breath of life into it. And I, I've never prayed a prayer where I just knew that, that something shifted in the heavens. And, man, and that night, some, something shifted. God, God breathed on it. And I think whether it's a replant or a plant, God has to breathe in order for it to become living and have a life-giving essence to it. And, and it's the same process. You know, we're, we're dead in our sins. And by faith, through God's grace, He breathes on us and we come alive. And mm-hmm. just my message to churches is it doesn't matter how dead it feels. If God can breathe on us, and we can become born again. Churches can become born again just the same way we can become born again. And that's how I describe our church. It's a born-again church. God breathed on it a second time, and, and it came back to life. You guys, uh, you, you embraced it. You felt God shift it. Then some practical things. What did you do to start reaching new people and to start making a new name for the church in a community that's known that building for years? Well, so we, we did a, we did a bandaid approach. We, we, uh, 
ripped it off like you know it hurt like crazy but we just we told we told the old church that you know we're shutting it down closed it with honor something I, something a friend of mine advised me to do we closed it with celebration and honor and the one of the practical things i don't know that this is super practical i'll get to a couple of practical things but one of the things that um that i learned from nehemiah was when he made the decision that he had to go back to jerusalem to rebuild uh, the king gave him the keys to his forest so that he'd have all the provision he needed and uh, so we we just made a decision to go all in i think you know for for anybody whatever god's call is it, there, there's some moment where you have to really just make a decision to go all in and and we we made that decision even at the expense of you know some personal relationships some major shifts in our life uh one one sunday night i was sitting with a friend in a in a starbucks here in our in our city and we had made the decision he had asked me and he had asked my wife are you guys willing to pay the price go have the conversations go go endure all the hardships and we're like yeah we're gonna do it and we're sitting in the starbucks we've written the name of the church down we've written the dates of when we're gonna close out the church and when we're gonna relaunch the the new church by the way we closed it one weekend and relaunched the next weekend not ideal but that's what we did and uh I had all of these conversations. I was going to retire all of the board members, all the people who held a position. It was going to be face-to-face conversations, but, you know, hard conversations. Even with a handful of people, they're still really difficult conversations. We're embracing to pay this price. We're going all in in this moment, and we start talking about what Coast Life Church is going to be. And my wife sings, but I was about to retire the piano player who was 88 years old. I think he was maybe 89 at the time. And we're talking about what to do for music. And we're like, man, we, we were going to play like soundtracks. And I'm like, that's that's not it. We need live music. But we didn't have any musicians. And while we're sitting in Starbucks at a table right behind us, four kids start singing, what can, what can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. They were all teenagers and young adults. Uh, they had... They had left a traditional church and were looking for a, a modern church to go to. And uh, what I didn't realize was when we made the decision to go all in, that, that the king opened up his forest and had all the resources literally sitting three feet away from us. And it was a, a guy who would become our worship leader and some people. They were, they were just goofing around teaching a girl how to sing harmony. And just being kids in a Starbucks teaching a girl how to sing harmony and had no idea that one table over, we were talking about replanting a church and what to do for worship. And God in his providence had already released the resources that we need. And, and like still to this day, one of the, I'd love to think that people come to Coast Life because of my preaching, but I really think it's because of the worship environment that is still, that's so prevalent and strong in, in our church because God just released, he released it. And I, you know, nothing, nothing happens if you're, you know, if you're a church planner, I always tell church planners, nothing's going to happen until you get to your city. Like you can pray for God to send money and people before you get there. But there's just something about when you make the decision to cross the line of faith, to go to where God called you to do, pay the price you got to pay. It's incredible mm-hmm. to watch God's provision. And then, and then on the practical side, we just, we went to work on our facilities. Uh, we, 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 we built our church by selling everything that was in the church on Craigslist. And, huh. and 
we we sold the church van we sold the lawnmower uh i had a friend who who gave me an offering uh we relaunched at the worst time you could ever relaunch we relaunched in june of 2010 if you want to know the worst time of year to relaunch a church it would be june never do june and uh, it, but it had I, god breathed on it it had life even in june and uh, we, we 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 started seeing some new people and some people bringing friends and the the big thing that really gave us exposure was we did a we did it for several years we don't do it anymore but we did a big back to school event we're in florida so we called it endless summer because summer never ends here and so it was a big water day water slides we gave away backpacks school supplies and i think the first time we did it a couple of hundred people showed up for the uh, for the event and uh, gave us some exposure uh, that weekend mm-hmm. was the first weekend that we broke 40 people Come on, somebody! Breaking that, breaking that forty, breaking that forty barrier in Jesus' name. And uh, I think by the, I think by the end of the year, we were right around seventy people. And then uh, all I know is God breathed on it, and just year after. That's year, a lot, though. I mean, that's it, a it that's a that's a big that's a big increase. Uh, I mean, three people to seventy people. That's a that's that's a miracle. I'm available for church growth seminars, man, from 3 to 70. We, we can teach about that all day long. Uh, let me ask you, let me ask you, at, 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 one, at what point, at what like number point, I know you have faith, but did you emotionally feel like, oh, this is going to work? Like uh, how many people did it finally take before you were like, okay. Uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm there yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Uh, I would say when we started to hit into, I had I inherited a really small building, so this is going to sound crazy, but for us to run a little over, this is before we built the auditorium that we're in now, uh, but for us to run, we were running just over 400, and for us to do that, we had to have four services on the weekend because we could only fit about 100 people. We, we re- we've defied every statistic. Like, I know it's a God thing because if you look at, the, if you look at any church growth, uh, church planning information and wisdom, they tell you, you know, don't plan in a small environment. Have more than 100 when you launch. Churches that launch with more than 100 typically keep growing. If you get 100 in your first year, you, you know, there's just all of these statistics. And, and somehow, by the grace of God, we've, we've defied every, every statistic says we should not have made it. And by God's grace, um, we've made it. But, you know, when we got around three or 400, I, I realized when I don't, I don't know why, like maybe this wasn't the right thing to do, but the number that I latched on was I just believed that we could reach a thousand people. And uh, there was a day uh, when we were, we were running four to 500. And I knew that a thousand was within, was well within reach of us. And it was actually a, it was a day where I was, I don't know, I was just struggling with anxiety and depression and I was driving home, uh, beating myself up because of a joke that I'd made in my message that was, I, I don't know if it was inappropriate or it just didn't land. I don't remember, uh, but was just beating myself up. And I, God spoke to me at a red light while I was going home and said, the church is going to make it, but you're not if you don't get off the emotional roller coaster. You, you've got to stop living for the highs and the lows and just start enjoying the journey that I have you on. And it really, honestly, that, that word from God really shifted something in my life where 
yeah, you know, I watch the numbers like any pastor does, but I'm no longer living for the highs of my own personal performance and and all of that stuff. It's just a great season. I love I love the team that we have. I love the church that God has us on. And so it, there was a yeah, that was a season where I knew the church was going to make it, but it was also the season where I had to learn to enjoy the journey that God had us on and not live for those those roller coaster moments. How how many people do you guys run on the weekends now? So our average is about eight hundred and fifty. Uh, like for for Easter, we were uh, about nineteen hundred on on our Easter weekend. And so, like when you average it out, uh, a typical weekend there'd be about eight hundred to eight hundred fifty people here. And then it, it it averages a little higher than that when you throw in some of the big holidays and all that stuff. It's easy on this side of things. Uh, to look back and uh, see that God was in it and see that everything was going to be okay. But what about the guy who has a church right now of 120 and God's put the same vision that he's put in your heart, um, but he's worried and he is looking for some inspiration or encouragement or ideas. Um, what would you say to that guy who's in the middle of it, who maybe is going to have a story in five years looking back and seeing it, but they are right now at the worst place how do you get through that you know that one is is you know god plants people so just knowing that god's planted you in that community and if he planted you there it's because you're supposed to thrive and flourish there so one one is just having the confidence to know that that a lack of growth isn't on god's side it's on our side like i think so many people buy into this idea that that we need God to, uh, it, it, it's 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 not God's will for something to grow, and I, I just I can't imagine that it's not God's will to reach people, to see people saved, their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, to see somebody who was on their way to hell get get their destination changed and go to heaven. So let's let's just settle there. That it's that if you're that god planted you there and it, it's god's will for your church to grow like i think that's something that every, every not just church leaders i think that's something every church member should shift in their heart that growth is is not optional and it's never on god but a lack of growth is never on god's side it's on our side and mm-hmm. that is that that there's some decisions that need to be made and that's where I'd love to put a positive spin on it. But somebody told me a long time ago that church growth is based on how much pain you can endure. And I, I believe it, I believe that with all of my heart. I think one of the reasons we get stagnant and stale is we get tired of making hard decisions uh, that are going to cost us personal pain. And so we settle for a lack of growth because it puts us in a place where we don't have to pay the price that we want to pay. And uh, and all I would say is there's growth in your future, but there's also pain in your future. And you got to pick your pain. And you either got to pick the pain of not living up to the potential and the things that God has for you, or you got to pick the pain of making the hard decisions, of doing the things that God's called you to do, taking the risk, walking by faith, uh, you know, doing the making the bold decisions, whether it's the rename of the church that nobody wants to get rid of the old name, or it's it's removing the leader who's no longer effective, but they're related to you, or there's strong relationship ties. The, I, I could go down the list, but it, it always comes down 
to those things that there's decisions that we don't want to pay the price of losing the biggest giver or we don't want to lose pay the price of of having the hard conversation and i just it, it's not on god's side god's got all of the growth he's got all the provision he wants to provide the power the same power that raised christ from the dead it's the same power that's still available for his church today it just really takes us removing the things out that allows god to breathe on it so that it can live again I love that in every way. And so um, practically, you want to get over a thousand. You're a couple hundred people away from that. What are some practical? Are you just going to wait and let God do it? Or do you take action on your part with strategies and events and social media or anything like that? Yeah, you know, uh, for us, the season that we're in is is one is, you know, I really do love where our church is at. So the the battle for us today is not to get complacent with where we are, and you know we we've experienced a lot of blessings. We were able to build a new facility. It's a it's a great great facility, beautiful room, and you know we got great property and a lot of great things going. And you know the tendency is to is to stop taking risk and to stop paying the price and get comfortable. And so for us, for a thousand, it, it really comes down to uh, three things, and that is staff, systems, and structure. And those are the things that we're, we're working on right now is getting the right people. Um, it's, it's challenging because, you know, what, what worked and the, the uh, capability of leadership at three or four hundred is drastically different than it is today and so walking through getting the right staff and the right seats is is much more complicated than really i imagine we we hit we've hit a thousand and kind of backed up a little bit because we realized that our the system that we had in place just wasn't in a place to sustain it man we we were we we've been all around it and so to move beyond it it came down to systems for us so we're in a process of just tightening up all of our system and then even our structure like we've we've restructured even the government of our church this year just to make sure that it's it's as healthy and strong uh that there's nothing that there's nothing within our structure that would prevent us from being the church that god wants us to be that's awesome that's awesome if if there's people out there that uh want to reach out to you want to connect with you have a personal question that they're they maybe need some advice how can they get a hold of you well I, i'm going to give them your cell phone number and you can just read ah. it to, <laughs> no, just, uh it, you know i think the the good old-fashioned email my, it's jason w is my uh my email jason w at my coast life church dot com one of the things i really love one is i love church planners i love talking to church planners and then uh i, I was talking to somebody this week at a at a conference about our journey and i'm passionate about seeing churches that maybe need to replant or relaunch or maybe just take a major transition and and my line i use on that is that there's there's a lot of buildings that need to become churches again they got the steeple they got the pews they got the baptistry but they're just they're not a functioning church nobody's getting saved there's no you know there's no god moments going on there's no baptisms like those are kingdom resources 
that need to be turned into vibrant, thriving churches. Because the the building isn't a church, right? It's it's the people. It's the God encounters. It's the salvation. It's Jesus showing up. And so that's what I'm passionate about. And so uh, we'd love to connect. It's Jason W. at MyCoastLifeChurch.com. Our website is MyCoastLifeChurch.com. I'm on all the social media platforms. Jason L. Warman would, would love to connect. And this is, uh, you know, the Church Growth, Church Growth Nation podcast. There's a Facebook group, and it's really just for pastors looking for everybody to connect articles. And, and I'm going to reach out to you, uh, Jason, and see if we can get you to, to write maybe an article with some tips for church planters and people can comment and share. So, you know, I encourage you guys that are watching or listening to join the Facebook groups, join in the conversation. And Jason, we appreciate you. I know you're a busy guy. You're personally out there building the new sanctuary. You just had to take a break. <laughs> I got to get back to the drill. I got you, dude. We, we appreciate you, man, very much. And I think that your story and just the hearing of the raw, this is how it is at the very beginning, but trust and lean in on God. And, and in an instant, in one prayer, you can feel the shift happen that's coming for some people and stay the course, fall in love with the journey and not just the end result, fall in love with being faithful every day and remember that our reward is in eternity. It's not at some day when you've made it here on earth. It's just in being faithful is 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 the joy. And so I, I think that people will glean from that. And so. Um, well, thank, thank you so much for having me on, man. I've loved our time together. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, go Razorbacks then, huh? All right. Pick Suey. <laughs> All right. Blessings, man. Thank you very much. All right.